This podcast is a ministry of Christian Life Center in Berwyn, Illinois. Our goal is to create a real faith for the real world, and we hope this helps you grow. For more information on Christian Life Center, visit us at our website, www.berwynag.org. Thank you. Life is hard, and then you die. That's the saying of the skeptic. But the, the Christian has a resource. The Christian has a supply, has been equipped by God to endure even the most difficult times. Sometimes when things are going good, we tend to lean upon our flesh, but um, when things are going rough, then we, we learn to go back to what we know, to what God has given to us. And we remember that God's purpose and plan was to equip us with His Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit, we have an advantage even in the most difficult times. From uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. A person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to mere human judgments, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we, we have the mind of Christ. Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, is writing to the Corinthian church, and he is basically saying to them that they are not living up to the expectation of being the believers that God has called them to be. They are living below grade. They are living below the expectation and below the equipping that God has given them. They are living like other people in the world. Look at chapter 3 and verse 1, the, last, the next verse from what we read. It says, Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly. Mere infants in Christ. So Paul comes to them with the expectation that he might be able to, that these might be spiritual people, these might be people who know how to walk in the Spirit, but he quickly realizes that they don't have the spiritual depth to do that, that they're operating below what God has called them to do, and that God is indeed calling them up to a higher level of living, trying to lift them up to this, this level of living where they're walking in the Spirit. See, God desires every believer to walk in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit isn't for ministers. Walking in the Spirit isn't for super spiritual people, deacons or elders or whoever. Walking in the Spirit is for every believer in Jesus. Well, how do you know that, Pastor Dave? Well, I know that God uh, has promised us that He has given His Spirit to every single believer. In, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13, he tells us that we have all, every single believer, has been given one spirit to drink. 
So we all are drinking of this one Spirit. Every single one of us have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to you when you are a believer. When you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to you and abides with you. And so the Holy Spirit uh, lives on the inside of every single believer in here. How many people are believers in Jesus Christ? Raise your hand here today. Okay, so every single person, anybody who is not a believer in Jesus right there? Anybody? A believer? Not Jesus? Anyone? No? Okay, so then everybody in the room, presumably, would have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them, right? So the Holy Spirit has, has been given to you. you. You drank of the Holy Spirit, and everyone is operating, has the uh, opportunity to operate by the Holy Spirit. And so we know that God wants this, this spirit walking to be done for every single person by every single person in the body of Christ. We also know that God gives a, another opportunity for the Holy Spirit to be used in a person's life. And so uh, this is called the baptism in the Spirit or the immersion into the Holy Spirit. This is a secondary experience. We, we see this demonstrated in uh, Acts chapter 8. It says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the Word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria, and when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So here we see that they are already believers and we see that they have already received the Spirit to drink, but now there's, this is the Spirit to be immersed in. There's a difference between taking water in, drinking, and being immersed in or baptized into the, the water of the Spirit. There's a, quite a difference there. And so we, we see the, the difference, that that's the difference of taking it, the difference between taking a shower and drinking a glass of water, right? There's a difference between that, right? Right? You can drink water when you're in the shower, right? But, and you can give yourself a shower with the glass of water, but it's not the same, right? And so we know that God has equipped the church to have this, this Holy Spirit, and every believer in, the, in Jesus has the Holy Spirit on the inside of them, and every believer in Jesus is, is being wooed to them, to, to Jesus, so that he can have this, this spiritual experience. This, this experience is evidenced by vocal gifts. It's by tongues and prophecy and and uh, declaring the wonders of God and, and uh, prophesying and those kinds of things. And those are available to the believers as they step out into this, this uh, immersion into the Spirit. This, the result of this is that they will be empowered, that believers who, are, who receive this have the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit because we have another spirit, an, a demonic spirit that's working against us trying to ruin our life. How many of you know are glad to know this morning that you're hated? You are hated. Hell hates you. And so this, this, this offering of the Holy Spirit comes to empower us so that we can stand against the demonic powers that come against us, that lie about us, that slander us, that tell lies to us, that try to, try to uh, erase our, uh, our, our right standing with God and try to give us a, 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 the, a hopelessness in our life. And so all this stuff comes. And then there's the signs and wonders that come out of that and the miraculous answers to prayer and the, the convincing works that God wants to do as he sends us out to deliver people from demonic, uh, demonic attachments and those kinds of things. And so we know that the Holy Spirit is working in, in, the believer, in every believer in that case. And there's a third offering of the Holy Spirit that comes to people, and that is the refilling of the Holy Spirit. We see this uh, evidenced in Acts chapter 4 where uh, they're praying, and, and the, this usually comes out of a prayer meeting, and there's this refilling aspect of that where they've been filled with the Holy Spirit, and they, they've been now under attack, and, and uh, the uh, pr pr prosecutors are coming against them and trying to bring, bring them, persecuting them, bringing them down under, trying to, 
trying to uh, uh, undo them. And then in Acts chapter 4, uh, it says that they all got together and they prayed and the whole place was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So there was probably new fillings, but probably uh, uh, refilling. So the Holy Spirit is refilling itself. And so we know that that's... In fact, I could say there's a fourth offering of the Holy Spirit where Paul commands the church in Ephesians to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to walk in the Spirit and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I could say that we know that the Holy Spirit... We're, the Christians are supposed to operate in the Spirit. Right? How many... Right? Uh, shake your head if you understand, right? Shake your head up and down. This way, this way is the affirmative. I would like to thank the children's ministry for filling you so full of pancakes that you cannot receive the Word of God this morning. This is demonic, and we rebuke it in Jesus' name. The Word of God comes to us, and so we were receiving then. So the power of the Holy Spirit is available to us, both from the very beginning of our walk with God and all the way to the end of God. If you've had enough, if you've, if you've, if you've gotten to the place where where you're just exhausted, you need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit so that you can be, you know, you know when, your gas, when your car runs out of gas, you don't just leave it on the side of the road and say, oh, well, that was nice while it lasted. You take it to a gas station and you go fill up again. And that's what the Bible commands you to do is if you're walking the Spirit, you need to walk in the Spirit and, 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 and have yourself filled up again in the Holy Spirit. Too much of what the church does, it does in fleshly ambition. Too much of what the church does, it does with the idea that, that, that we can only uh, 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 overcome by, by the things that are done in the natural. But we live in a, a supernatural day and age. We live in, an, in a supernatural empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Living in the Spirit is a very spooky sounding thing, isn't it? Sometimes when you say, oh, I'm walking in the Spirit, you feel like you need to change your voice, you know. Are you one of these Christians that when you talk about God, you lower your voice and you make it really smooth like that? And otherwise, you're just screaming like a banshee. But mostly, you know, but otherwise, you know, that comes from our recognition that God should be treated differently, but we don't know what we should do to treat him differently, so we change our voice when we talk about Jesus. You stink, but Jesus is wonderful. You see the difference there? We change, we shape our voice because we're talking about Jesus. I hope that makes you self-conscious in your prayer life this week. Isn't, isn't that true? You hear, we hear preachers, they say, Jesus! You know, the only, only name that gets divided in syllabic fashion in preaching, right? Every other two-syllable word is not done that way, but Jesus is done that way. We, we do it because we, it's a heart of reverence that wants to do that, right? That wants to treat Jesus differently. And so we're, we're here. It's not a spooky thing. We're not floating off the ground. When you walk in the Spirit, your feet actually touch the ground. You, you get, actually get dirty in the world. It's a little eerie sounding, a little airy, a little like you're floating around, but the, the world uh, doesn't understand it. But it's completely understandable if we look at it in the Scripture. We are different from the world. The scripture here tells us that we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. Um, that which moves in the world moves out of the impetus of emotion, out of passion, out of response, uh, out of uh, the human desire to do something. The Spirit of God doesn't move like that. I know we sometimes think that the Spirit of God is a very emotional experience, and sometimes it is. But not everybody who's emotional has a Spirit. Right? Right? I told a story in the first service, I'll tell it in this service. 
about a guy who I was meeting with, I had a meeting with the head of Assemblies of God and was sitting, whose name escapes me all day today, I don't know why. But anyway, so I, was, I haven't, probably because I never met him before or since. But I, anyway, I had dinner with him and uh, he told the story of how this guy in the middle of a service, you know, it only happened in a Pentecostalist church, you know, like the guy in the middle of the service stands up and says, Thus saith the Lord, run! And he starts running down the, the, law, the, the aisle of the church, comes to the front, hangs a right, and, and starts running this direction, and runs at full blast, full bore, eyes closed, right smack into a brick wall. Boom! <laughs> Knocks himself out for a moment, slumps to the floor, comes to himself, and then he says, finishes his prophecy. Thus saith the Lord, never do that again. Not everybody who's excited or emotional is prophesying, right? It may have sounded like it was spiritual because it began with, thus saith the Lord. But not everybody who says, thus saith the Lord, is saying the Lord, right? And so when we, when we look at the Scripture, we see that Paul is calling this church up to a higher level. You are worldly. You are carnal, he's saying. I wanted to give you great spiritual things, but you're not able to receive those things because you don't walk in the Spirit. And so you have to bring yourself to this place. He says God has this great calling for the church to walk equipped by the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit means we view things differently. For instance, we may be passionate about the election. We could be uh, we could be really emotional about the election. You, you got to wonder. I see some of these pastors that are writing on Facebook. Are, are they're, they're, the spirit of love is not coming off of them as they're describing the opposite party, right? That's, have you noticed that? Some of you Facebook fans, there's like a lot of hate going out there. Could be a hate book. We could just call it hate book. A lot of hate going out there, right? So we see that 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 happens, right? And. Uh, you know, uh, it's easy to get emotional and get attached in that, but we have to recognize, and the Spirit bears witness of this on the inside of us, that, that we are not of this world. My brother was telling me the other night that, that um, he has a business partner, that, or business client, I guess, who, who lives in the United States, but he can't vote, and he's, he's from Canada. Canada, for those of you who don't know, is that strange country north of the border. Anyway, so he's from, he's from Canada, and he, he thinks we're crazy. He sees our, our political menagerie here that's happening in the newspapers and on the, every television channel all day and all night. He sees that, he says, you people are nuts. And I got to thinking, that's the way Christians should see this craziness, too. We should look at all, you know, all those people out there, men and women, all of them, we should look at all of them and say, that's wonderful, but we know that they're just telling us stories and they're just telling us lies and making promises to us that they can't keep and all that kind of stuff. And we don't want to be disappointed. You know, the old Who song said, we won't be fooled again. Well, we've been fooled every time since then. But what we should be is not disappointed again because our hope is not placed in the Ephesians, or Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 says that we are citizens of heaven. 
And the Holy Spirit being spirit-filled means I'm walking around recognizing that my citizenship isn't here. My citizenship is over the border in heaven. And so knowing that, that I, I'm interested in politics, I think it directs a lot of things in our, in our culture, and, it, and, it, and it's the one thing that's holding back immorality to one level or another at, at some level. Anyway, so, but, but, but I recognize that the most important vote is the vote that I get when I go into my prayer time every time with Jesus, and I just say, Lord, I'm voting with you. I'm sticking with you, Jesus, because your promises always, always manifest, and, and you always come through for me. And so when I, when I recognize that, I, I acknowledge that, that, that the, the, the most important thing is the way I look at these things. The Spirit is working. When you're a Spirit-filled believer, you recognize that you, don't, you can't respond with vitriol. You can't be hateful. Racial bigotry is out of, the, out of the way for you because you have the Spirit of the loving God on the inside of you. And so that spirit, when you're walking in the spirit, you don't have time to be, you have to leave vengeance to, to uh, 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 bad people to the, to the Lord. And you have to uh, lay down all your hate and your prejudice. And you have to lay, release all that stuff. And you have to live in the presence of that God. You have to walk in that kind of love, that, uh, that, that undying love, that unconditional love. You have to walk in that. And that's not easy, but it's spirit born. I can't do it in my flesh but it happens out of the Spirit on the inside of me, the Holy Spirit working on the inside of me. The people of God who live by the Spirit of God, they manifest the truths of God as they reveal that. And so we see that. On Wednesday night, Pastor Seth gave us a message that had me talking for a couple days. And he was talking about, basically, about how we don't long for the prosperity of the wicked. How we shouldn't be longing for the prosperity of the wicked. Because the wicked merely have prosperity. That's all, the most they could ever have is riches. But what the church is promised is to have the blessing of God. And the blessing of God can be had with riches or can be had in poverty, but the most important thing in your life is to be, be blessed with what God, like God's prosperity work on the inside of you. And so a very challenging thing on the inside of us to get our eyes off the things of this earth and to look up higher and to look up uh, uh, beyond that and recognize that the most important thing is the blessing of God on our life. And so the Holy Spirit uh, derives that in, on the inside of us. We walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. When we do so, we walk with diff different than the world. God has not given us the spirit of the world, but he's given us his of his Holy Spirit. He's taken the Holy Spirit from heaven and brought it to our life. And so the greatest changes that are made on the earth are eternal changes, things that are worked on the inside of us by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And so we, we recognize this. And the Spirit is given to us with a specific purpose, according to this passage of Scripture. The Spirit is giving, given to us with a specific purpose to reveal things to us. Look again. Uh, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, for who among men knows the, thing, the thoughts of a man except for the man's spirit within him? So your spirit knows why you do things even when you don't know why you do things. Right? Like you might not realize, oh, I react that way whenever my husband or wife says that, that word, because, uh, because that's just the way I'm wired. Or maybe you say, I, I, this particular song really aggravates me, or this, this kind of thinking aggravates me. You don't even know why. It may be because there's a hurt that's been buried, or maybe because things, your spirit knows all that. So in the same way, the Holy Spirit knows everything there is to know about God. And often we are given moments of spiritual clarity when we're living our life in the Spirit. So if... if you may be looking at some circumstance and not understanding why in the world would that person do that? And in the natural, you can't understand why that person would do that. Why would they act that way or 
do that thing. And then you, go, you take it to prayer. And as you're praying, the Holy Spirit helps you pray through the fog. And all, suddenly the fog is lifted. And a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge comes to you in your prayer time. And the Holy Spirit reveals that to you and shows you this is the reason why they reacted in that way. This is the reason why they, they, uh, they worked, out, it worked out that direction. Because the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you bringing you some sense of spiritual clarity. Without walking in the Spirit, we're, we're, we're going to respond in the flesh. So if somebody cuts you off and it turns out they're a person from their church, you don't get out of the church, out of their car, and duke it out there in the middle of the street with their road rage, you know, just duke it out with them. You don't do that, right? Right? I should say, you don't do that, period. Not question mark, period. You, you don't do that. And the reason you don't do that is because you're walking in the Spirit. And you have to behave differently than the people of the world. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. You have to behave differently than the people in the world because the people in the world, they're the ones that get angry and, and respond to that. But God's Holy Spirit gives us a, a perspective on life. God's Holy Spirit helps us to see the way things are eternally, from an eternal respect, perspective. And the Holy Spirit on the inside of us quickens these things to us and helps us to see with spiritual clarity. The Holy Spirit reveals these things to us, usually in prayer. In fact, I would say that prayer is the regular language of the Spirit. That usually these things happen when we're gathered together in prayer or when you're pull, pulled aside on your knees someplace talking to the Lord. There's, there's, there's really no walking in the Spirit until we have learned how to practice the presence of the Lord, learned how to, to be in the presence of God, and learned how to develop a prayer life where we're talking to God. And quite frankly, you have to know the Word. So you have to, you have, to have a prayer life and you have to know the Word some because the Word defines the, is the objective standard and it defines what God will not do. Because no matter what the Holy Spirit's doing, listen, no matter what the Holy Spirit's doing, really important, no matter what the Holy Spirit's doing, it will never violate the Word of God. God will never tell you to kill your neighbor. Right? Clearly He says to love your neighbor. He will never tell you to, to dump your wife so you can love your neighbor. Right? Right? God doesn't violate his word. It just doesn't happen. The Holy Spirit breathed into the text, and so the Holy Spirit is, is, the, is the spirit of the text. And so you can't walk in the Holy Spirit and, and, and expect the Holy Spirit to, to be working on the inside of your life, and yet at the same time be working in counter... The Holy Spirit will not work in counter... Uh, countermand his own commands here in the scripture. So that, that's a tough thing for us to swallow because we like things to be spooky sometimes. We like things to be a little out there. and We like the Lord to tell us mysterious things. But there are much more mysterious things to do and to, to have done with than, than the things that we think are so light and fluffy. He's described as the searcher of all things, the one who knows the heart of God. He is, has a purpose, we're told here, is that that we have received the Spirit of God, that we may understand what God has freely given to us. That means the Holy Spirit, is, His purpose is to reveal our identity in Christ, to our, reveal the gifts of the Holy Spirit to us, to reveal all the things that God has, has, has downloaded to us in Jesus that we're just not aware. Um, I think of it kind of as a virus. You know, you get a virus on your computer. You don't even realize the virus is on your computer until they've, it's sent out a bunch of stuff to all your friends, and your friends are going, dude, you know, are you looking at this website? And you're like, no, I, it must have come in on an attachment. Sure it did. Anyway, so 
But, but, but the, so, so everybody now knows what you're on. Why? The virus worked in your life. It came in. It was downloaded. And so, but the Holy Spirit is the thing that unpacks the virus on the inside of you. Holy Spirit, the, the virus, all the good things that God put on you is a virus, a good virus. A good virus, not a bad virus. But it's a virus nevertheless on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit begins to unpack these things in your life. It shows you how to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. It shows how to do miracles and how to get answers to prayer. And shows you how, to, how, to, how you should behave when you're talking to, to people and, and how to deny your flesh and, and to let go of these things so you can operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. And his purpose is to unpack all these things that Jesus puts in your life. He's downloaded into your life. So often secret sins are revealed as that happens. Often motivations of the heart are revealed. Often lies that are being told to you are brought to light. Often the spiritual motivation is discerned and you recognize that, that there's, a, there's a manipulative thing in there or there, that, that someone is speaking to you in a, a fashion that they're, they're shining you on. They're, they're, they're lying to you, trying to convince you. You know, everybody has a, has a particular angle on something, but there is a thing called truth with a capital T. And so God knows that thing that's truth with a capital T. And so the Holy Spirit in you gives you discernment about these many things, and the Holy Spirit often reveals your own agenda. In fact, the Holy Spirit will sometimes erase your agenda and give you an intercessory agenda that, that, that you didn't even really want or you didn't really sign up for, but suddenly it becomes so powerful over you that you now find yourself praying about things that you used to not care about, and now you're weeping about those things. In fact, I would say that if you walk in the Spirit, there will be moments and times, probably many times during the course of a year, when you will be provoked to, to weep over, over a prayer as you're praying over the hurts or the brokenness of our world or, or a, a loved one that's going through something difficult or any of those things, and you find yourself provoked. The Holy Spirit is driving that along, and you will say, you'll turn off ESPN, and you'll get on your knees, and you'll say, oh my God, I don't know what else to do, but I cannot let go of this burden. You are driving me into this place of, of prayer. And I so, so God, I, I've just taken this moment to cry out to you on behalf of my friend uh, whose, whose marriage is broken or is his kid is sick or who's just lost his job or whatever it is and as you're crying out you'll be moved to tears even in that place as you're interceding because the Holy Spirit is provoking you and as, as you do that then you begin to get new insights into, into things. As you pray for people you begin to get new insights. If you think about it, what it takes a therapist for years to do Therapists, when they, they, they have you talking about your issues and you, you're dancing around your issues because you don't want to tell them all that you really got going on. And so you're, you're going around those things and around those things and around those things. And for years, you're paying them 150 bucks an hour and you're dancing around those things and around those things. But the Holy Spirit says, gives you a word of wisdom, this is what it is. And in one moment, it cuts through all that malarkey. Saves you thousands of dollars. I, I, I would say that the, the Christians could probably save a lot of money if they would just walk in the Spirit. Because we could, just, we could just minister one to another and get that, that intercessory burden and pray one for another and know that God has a purpose and a plan in dividing and in, 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 in divining in us this, this purpose. God's secret plans are made known. So we don't always know what God wants to do, but often He reveals His plan. He reveals the mind of God in this, in this walking in the Spirit, and he, he reveals the tactics of the enemy that are being worked against us, the pride, the division, the things that are coming against us, things in our own, in our own self that, that are, um, that are um, weaknesses. I, I watched this great show yesterday. It was on PBS. It was about the first spacemen... Maybe you saw it. It's about the guys who go, went up into space before there was NASA. 
before there were rockets. These guys went into these giant balloons. Balloons made out of really thin uh, plastic. You know, like I, that we're looking at like thinner than a Ziploc bag, if you can imagine that. And they're giant, they're bigger than this building. And they fill them up with hydrogen or fill them up with, with helium, later on helium. And then they would put these guys in little spacesuits and they would send them up in a chair. And, and so the, the one guy, he was looking up, he had a camera on his helmet the way we, you know, like a GoPro, before there was GoPros. And he, and he went up and they would go up through the troposphere, that's the atmosphere that we live in, imagine this. And then they go up into the stratosphere, that's the next level of, of our world. And above that, it turns black and there's no light. It's space, you know. And so they would go to the edge of space. Anyway, so this one guy's looking at, I'm, I'm, again, I'm going somewhere with this illustration, so uh, it just get, takes a while to get there. Uh, so anyway, this guy is looking up, as it, and, and the higher, the thinner the altitude gets in the stratosphere, the bigger the balloon gets, because the amount of stuff they put in there expands without the pressure from the outside. And so, it begins, so you see it expanding, expanding, expanding as he's rising further and further and further up towards, towards, the, uh, the, towards space. Imagine going to, to space and basically a balloon and a garbage can. That's what basically this was. It's really worth watching. It's, you'll be like, honey, come here and take a look at this. That's how it happened to me. Anyway, so uh, I said, honey, come here and look at this. These people are nuts, you know. And these are back in the 50s and the 40s, you know, guys riding garbage cans into space. Anyway, so um, uh, in the same way, the Holy Spirit expands to fill the balloon of our soul, if you can imagine that, by, because of the the thinness of the atmosphere. As we get stuff out of us, the Holy Spirit begins to expand. It becomes enlarged in, on the inside of us. And so to me, it's like, it's like walking in the Spirit is this having the availability to withstand all manner of pressure from the outside. No matter how natural it is, it's a supernatural thing that happens on the inside. Walking in the Spirit is more than just praying a certain way. Walking in the Spirit is about living. The Greek word peripateo is the word for living. Peripateo is the word that, that, that and, and when a person lives, it's also the word for walking. So if I say, is that how you live? There's, it's the same thing, is that how you walk, right? Is that how you, so you walk in the Spirit, you live in the Spirit. You're living and walking in the Spirit. In other words, this is a, to walk in the Spirit is, a, is a, uh, a lifestyle choice that you're making now, to live underneath the pressure and the presence of the Spirit of God. And he's going to cause you to see these things different and to act differently towards that person and to re react that way and to have, you're going to talk different, you're going to walk different, everything about you is going to be different. I know you think you're unique and you should be you. God says, not so much. God says you should be shaped into Jesus. In fact, God says if you're a believer in Jesus, that you, in fact, are destined to be shaped into the image of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is what he uses to do that on the inside of you. So when he's shaping you, the inside of your soul, he's, he's, he's causing you to react with kingdom things. So, pastor, how do I uh, cultivate this familiarity with the Spirit of God? How do I determine what is the voice of God? Well, the voice of God has to be determined and you have to learn what it sounds like. I am old enough to remember days when there was not caller ID on your telephone. Some of you remember that? Some of you old folks really know what I'm talking about. You're afraid to admit it here. But I remember when the phone rang and you didn't know who was on the phone. Right? 
It rang and went And you ask yourself, who could that be? Right? We don't ask that question anymore. We just pick up our phone and go, oh, it's them. I'm not answering that. Right? <laughs> right? That's what we do. But it used to be it would ring and you would go, oh, it might be a bill collector or it might be Bill. You know, my good friend Bill. So you would go, okay, you know, rattle the dice and throw it on there and pick it up and say, oh, yes, I will send that out as soon as I get paid next Friday. Yes. Or you could say, hey, Bill. You know, and then it just depended on so you didn't know who was calling. It's a, it's a big difference, actually, if you think about it, to our, our world today, right? And, but sometimes someone would call, and you would answer the phone, and they would just start talking to you like they knew you for 20 years, right? Oh, and then, hey, how, oh, so good to talk to you, man. How you doing? Things are okay for you? Well, well, yeah, things are okay for me. Well, I was just thinking about you. I couldn't, you were really on my heart. And I, I was just really thinking, well, well thanks. Uh, thanks that I'm on your heart. And you're like... Who is this? <laughs> so you, you listen, right? You let them go on. Oh, yeah, I was thinking as I was in church today. What church did you go to that you were thinking about? And, uh, not this church. And so you, would, you, and you let them play, and finally you go, oh, hey, I got to let you go. Something's burning on the stove. You know, you lied. And, then you, so, and you never knew who it was, right? Sometimes you would think it was someone, and it wasn't them. It's the most embarrassing time. Well, Bill, this isn't Bill. Do I sound like Bill on the phone? Oh, you must have a cold. Let me pray for you right now. Sometimes, you tell me. This is the way it is for me. Especially when I'm first living for the Lord. The voice of God speaks, or what I presume to be the voice of God, and I have to step out into that, right? Isn't that how it works? Right? You have to step out into it, right? There's no other way. Thus saith the Lord... Buy that guy a chicken dinner. And then you go, he doesn't even look like he needs a chicken dinner, Lord. <laughs> what if he's allergic to chicken? You know, then I'm going to get sued. He's going to take away my house because I poisoned him with chicken. There's only one way to find out. That is, you have to say, okay, Lord, if that's you, I will step out by faith. Right? And sometimes the guy says, Oh man, I was just praying to God that somebody would, that God would show me that He's real and buy me a chicken dinner. Or sometimes the guy would say, I'm allergic to chicken. And you had to learn and discern the voice of God by stepping out, right? By picking up the phone and guessing what voice that is, right? As they say of a mother, and I know this to be true with my own wife, that my, my wife could pick out my children's cry from the nursery from all the other cries in the nursery. There will be times when the, some of you people know that there's times when the nursery goes off like an alarm in there. And my wife would be able to pick out which was ours. In fact, I, I remember times that my wife and my, chi, my children, I don't remember which one, I think they were all, uh, we're, we're so in tune as she was breastfeeding. I remember that she would hear a cry and immediately she would have a letdown reflex. Some of you moms know what I'm talking about here. So like she would have like milk leaking and she'd be like, oh, find the baby. <laughs> right? Because they were so in tune, right? Is, was that bad to talk about that in church? She's not here to defend herself. Yeah, Marco's going, yeah. yeah you're in trouble, brother. I'm going to tell her. Yeah. No, that's what happens. That's for real. So that's what really happens. 
And I believe that that's the way God, God, we can learn the voice of God to where we can identify it at a distance. And I believe the spirit of the, God, of the living God on the inside is crying out, drawing us to Abba Father, crying out. We don't know anything that the Holy Spirit says except the one thing spe- specifically claimed in Scripture is it's crying out incessantly on the inside, Abba Father, Abba Father, Abba Father, drawing us to Daddy, drawing us back home to God the Father, always pushing us back home to God the Father so we can connect to Him. And, so the, and I believe that there's a purpose for that so that we can get to Him so, because He knows the Holy Spirit on the inside of us knows that God has the answer for all of our issues. Driving us back to home, driving us back in prayer, driving, pushing us back. Even when we're disappointed with God. Man, I have been so angry with God in the past, haven't you? Have you ever shaken your fist at heaven? Have you ever been angry with God saying, what's the problem? Yeah. Right? When my grandson was born sick, I told somebody that uh, I didn't know what was going on or what God was thinking, but I was hoping that he would get his snap together for those of us who are down here in PR. That's a pretty rough thing to say to somebody as a pastor when you're disappointed with God. But you know, you find out the Holy Spirit begins to heal things on the inside of you through these things, you know. And show these things that you're not in control of this so you don't have to take ownership of it. Just go to the Father. You know the character of the Father. The Holy Spirit works on the inside of me so that I know the character of the Father. The Bible reveals it objectively. The Holy Spirit reveals it subjectively on the inside of me. So that I know in both directions, objectively and subjectively, what the Bible says and who God is. So I can walk into a room and know that's not right. Or as I did with a waiter recently in a restaurant, say, you're a believer, aren't you? He hadn't said praise the Lord or I hope you tip me, hallelujah, or anything like that. He just came to my, my table. He didn't, there was no giveaway language. He just came. I said, you're a believer, aren't you? He said, well, yeah, I, I fellowship at such and such a church. You can tell. There's a, there's a, there's a, like, it's like a sixth sense. You kind of sense it when you walk into You can tell. You know, it's kind of like when you walk into somebody's house and you can tell the husband and wife, wife have been fighting. Oh, we've all had that. You walk in and like, oh, yeah, what, what's for dinner? Are we going to kill him and then put him on the grill or what? You know, <laughs> right? You're like, that dude's going to die, man. But brother, why don't you stay at my house tonight? Come on. I'm a, trust me, I'm saving your life, you know. But you walk in, you know, just the atmosphere is like hostile, right? In the same way, you can sense that in the spirit the same kind of thing when you're walking. You can sense when you're in danger. You can sense the Holy Spirit will reveal things to you about the circumstances that you're in. doesn't mean you're bulletproof. doesn't mean you're Superman. just means the Holy Spirit is working on the inside of you to let you know, to keep your you know, eyes moving, you know, and, and be looking at things in different areas of your life because the Holy Spirit's working on the inside of you to s- reveal what God has already given you. Right. Mostly what He wants to reveal to you is who you are in Christ. All the things that God has given to you, you don't need to read somebody's book, somebody's list, somebody's meme on Facebook of all the things that you are. I'm a child of God. I'm a you know, soldier of Christ. You, know, you, don't, you, don't need know, you know that on the inside because the Holy Spirit's revealing that to you. You may not even understand why some things make you so angry. Right? You may not even understand. There are some things that just tick me off. And it's not, it's, I have no horse in that race. I don't know why I'm angry about that. But there's an injustice being worked there. And when justice is, 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 is not being worked, and you see it and you sense it, the Holy Spirit will sometimes work up that emotion on the inside so it will drive you to prayer so that you can be seeking the face of God about 
that issue in your life. We, we have to become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We have to be working in the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to know what God is doing. And I think we can know out in advance of what God is doing. Sometimes we just go, I don't know. But sometimes we know what God is doing and we feel the direct. Sometimes we stand back and we look back from a distance and we look all the way back and we see that God did that and he did that and then he gave me that scripture and then I heard that on the radio and then I went to visit Christian Life Center and that was there and these things. And I suddenly I realized that God is setting me up and he has a purpose and a plan that he is unpacking for me, showing me what he is doing in my life. That can only be discerned by the spirit of the living God. It's, it's, so let me give you a couple signs. Oh, man, I'm over time here. Okay, I won't charge you for this overtime, okay? I'm giving, a, giving you a gift this, this today. A couple signs that you're walking in the Spirit. The Spirit is the Spirit of truth, John 14, 17. When we're walking in the Spirit, we are always dealing in truth. If we're compromising our truth with deception in order to be spiritual, we're doing it wrong. Right? If you, if you come to the altar and someone says to you at the altar, hey, is there something wrong? Can I pray with you? And you know that there's something wrong and you came forward for prayer and you say, no, there's nothing wrong with me. That's a lie. Right? That's a lie. Right? Anybody think that's truth? No, that's a lie. Now you may say, yes, something's terribly wrong with me. It's none of your business. Pray for me. You could say that. I would prefer somebody to tell me that than go, no, I just moved to tears in the middle of the service and came forward to get things right with God, but nothing's really wrong. That's, that's goofy to say that. Why not just be honest and tell people what's really going on in your life? Why not just, confession is the place of healing. You know why we've, we are so bad at be, getting through issues and we carry this baggage with us everywhere we go is because we never reveal it to anyone because we don't trust anyone. And that's not because everyone's untrustworthy. It's because you don't have... What difference does it make if they put your business out on the street? Really? What difference does it make? What if everybody knows that you lust? I mean lust. I mean... What if everybody knows I lust? I lost. What if everybody in this place runs out and tells three people <laughs> that I'm lustful? No, I don't, I don't lust. as a, It's not my hobby. I don't have a hobby of lust. I occasionally fall into lust. I was at the, I was at, at the store. I'm really getting real here today. I was at the store. <laughs> And I was looking at, uh, at something for a, a, a computer thing for the, for the church here. And I was kneeling in the aisle. It was, I think it was like a Office Depot or one of those kind of stores. Kneeling, I think it was Office Depot. I'm kneeling down there and I'm looking at this thing. And this woman with legs from heaven <laughs> walked right up next to me while I was kneeling at the floor looking at the thing. And I suddenly looked over at her legs and forgot why I was at Office Depot for a while. <laughs> I was like, yes, I'll buy a copier from you, you know, I don't know, <laughs> you know, what, you know, and then I had like, the Holy Spirit's going, on the inside, you know, there's red lights flashing, you know, warning, warning, warning is going on the inside of me, and I'm like, but look at those legs, you know, 
Right. And then you have to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and say, you should use your two legs and get the heck out of Office Depot. <laughs> That's how it works, right? That's right. Danger, Will Rogers, danger. You know, let's go on stage left. So the idea behind this is that we, we have to be people who learn to live by the Spirit. And you have to be able to... That's, that's not practiced in times of crisis. That's practiced in everyday living. Why did God have me here? Why did that person sit next to me on the train? Why do I always see that guy here? How come I never talk to that person? But we're there all the time together. You know, and then listen to what the voice of the Spirit is prompting you to do. Go say, hey, go, go greet them. Go stop being so busy. I think if the Holy Spirit had a megaphone to the church of Jesus Christ in, in 2016, He would say, slow down. Stop being so busy. Because what's going to change the world, quite frankly, is not another Christian event. What's going to change the world is when Christians rub shoulders with non-Christians, Christians who are listening to the Holy Spirit, and they connect with that person and say, hey, I think there's something there I can pray for. It's simple. You're just in PR. Just in PR. It's a beautiful place to be. PR is great. You, make, you just take the promises out of the pamphlet and say, this is what we can do for you. And then when they sign on, then you take it to the boss and you say, I told them exactly what you said, so you better do it. Don't make me look bad. Right? That's what we do. That's all it is. Living in PR. So we're walking in this power of the Spirit trying to change people's lives. Four offerings of the Spirit. The command, number one, to be filled with the Spirit. So my question to you is, are you filled with the Spirit? Are you filled with the Spirit? Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope you were blessed by it. If there's anything that we can do to help you further your relationship with God, we would love to be a part of it. You can contact us through our website, www.berwinag.org. Thank you, and God bless.